And it's a very, very, very good evening to you. I'm Wayne Turner. The show is Talk at Six with Wayne. And I'm going to be taking you through to that quarter to seven this evening, about 40 minutes or so. Uh, coming up in the show, interesting topic with our guest expert. But before we get into that, just explain a little bit how the show works. We talk a lot. It's a talk show. We give education ideas. We give you information, a little bit of entertainment sometimes, just to get uh, information of important subjects across to our listeners. Um, We don't always achieve that. We try our best to get what most people require. Sometimes our topics are a little bit niche, but uh, we're going to be, especially in the near future, we've got a couple of really interesting topics coming up. The first Monday of the month, which of course is tonight, is our educational uh, expert, and that is uh, Cherry Howell. I'll talk to her in a minute. The second uh, Monday of the night is... Uh, Nico Kleinant, he's our finance guy, and we've always got a lot of interesting information. He puts a silver lining on many dark clouds, especially in times like the Russian problem, our economy, prices going up. There's always something positive he gets out of it. Third is our community slot, and the fourth Monday of the month, we try to make that our medical slot. So stay tuned. Uh, every Monday night, it's just after six o'clock, five, about five past six, the news first, and we will educate you, inform, update you on many subjects. So without further ado, it's a very warm welcome to our education uh, guest expert. She's regularly on the first Monday of the month, and that is Cherry Howell. Very good evening to you. Good evening to you, Wayne, and to all the listeners out there. Now, uh, before we get into our subject, uh, We've noticed quite a change in education with so many schools back to almost normal, a meter distance apart. And a lot of those that were homeschooled back in school, I think some parents have just had, uh, have realized that homeschooling is not for them. Lockdown gave them a taste. So we sort of starting to get back to normal. What is your understanding and what have you been hearing? Yes, um, I think that you've summed it up well. You know, many people who decided they could do it themselves have realized that you know now the schools are circled back to normal and children are sitting the full class is sitting there the full complement is there and what's very very important and I'm so happy about this is that sports and extramurals are in full swing because that's where children learn a lot of skills of life physical is just as important physical physical and children who've been sitting on their butts at home in front of a screen because that's how how they're supposed to learn have now been able to run outside, get fresh air. And I think an added thing is that, um, um, according to my understanding of what we were told at our last family session by uh, the big boss, was that we don't even have to wear masks outside. And that has mm. a huge implication for children in sport. Absolutely. So, uh, you can hear, you can speak to people outside, you can listen to the coach clearly, he can stand on the sideline, he can tell you what to do, and I think that's amazing. And those of us who who or older can get back to lip reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you'll be so surprised that people who aren't deaf, how much deaf or hard of hearing have, have struggled, yes, have struggled because you're just struggled. used to reading lips. There's another point I just want to uh, check with you, and that is uh, a positive out of this. Now, parents have homeschooled, now kids are back in. It's almost 
brought parents into taking a deeper interest and being more engaged with the education of their kids, which is always, as I mean, I've served on governing boards, PTAs, getting parents involved in their children's education is, is always an issue. Mm-hmm. Now this has almost forced them into that mold for many, not all, but many mm-hmm. parents who now possibly take a bigger role in their kids' education mm-hmm. and assisting teachers, mm-hmm. connecting. Yes. They've also had a window into the classroom because they've been able to see the teacher at work. They can see how she teaches um, he or, as well. Or <laughs> the, the lack of teaching the, skills. Yeah, you're right. And the dependence on on this, on you know, the ch- the parent actually is supposed to be at home and making sure that their child is doing what the teacher tells them to, whereas in the past it was so easy to send your children off to school, drop them there at the gate and come and fetch them and sort of be aware of what the homework was at home and now they actually see it for themselves. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we've got quite a few positives mm, out of yes. quite a negative situation. Hopefully education will receive the boost that it needs. I mean, sometimes it's essential to have a decentralized education and we, we've we've learned that. So it's not a, a big unknown anymore. I mean, if there is an issue, you, you need a, a week of school where the, the, the school has to be rebuilt or something like it. You can decentralize and go, and go, go mm, to the home situation if, it's, yes. an, if mm, it's necessary. Right. right. Um, one of the things about teaching and teachers, many teachers have been the role models uh, to kids when they haven't had strong role models in other areas of their lives and getting back and having that one-on-one and that physical contact with the rugby coach and with the teacher in class. We've come from a world of stereotypes that someone is a, a, a hero or a superhero based on what they do, a rugby player, a uh, someone who's skilled at something and in this basic comic characters, movie characters, TV series characters, the superheroes. So tonight we're talking, as you can hear, the segue I'm doing is about superheroes, their impact, uh, the positives and negatives, what is the right way to view a superhero. So let's just talk a little bit about that, uh, Cherry. W- what's your understanding of a superhero? You know, um Superheroes have been around since time immemorial, and um, and I think your superhero depends a lot on, on on your upbringing and on your personality, and what you what things in life you value as a person. But um, in the context of children, children follow um, their peers and what they are presented as possible role models. And you're right in saying, and often the child's first role model, which, which is what it should be, especially biblically speaking, is the, are their parents. It mm. should be the role model because that's where the child is going to learn value systems. And often that is, mm. uh, em- what's emphasized is dad, the role model, when really it is a, a, a double-edged sword. Mm. Uh, because, because we're not perfect. Yeah, right. because dad is always the fun one going out and doing stuff mm. and mom spends a lot of time in the home. It's been, Although it's been our swayed. Although our new lifestyle now is that um, men and women, ma- uh, moms and dads, have almost an equivalent role. There are mm. many, many roles swapping. But so that's usually the first the first superhero, if, if I can use that term, that a child is exposed to. But once they go to school, I'm sure you'll all remember how your child um, adored their their grade one teacher or their or uh, um, 
grade R teacher. We all remember that yes, teacher. Yes, that's it. That, that's, and then sometimes I can still remember Mrs. Right. Lache, my <laughs> preschool teacher. teacher. I mean, I remember her. I mean, yeah. I remember her name. Yes. I remember her yes. face because of the, the big impact that she, she made on, on my life. Yeah. And you tried so hard to please that, that person because you were in a position to please her. Mm. And as you are in a position to please your parents. So as you go up through primary school, you'll have certain teachers that you want to emulate and you want to please. And there are others that something stops you. It could just Mm. be a character clash or whatever. It depends on what you consider as important um, um, aspects. So, But before we go on, how important is a role model doesn't matter who it is. How important is a positive role model, whether it's a movie star or a TV series, a parent, a teacher, a rugby coach, a grandparent, or a big brother? How important is that role model? I think it's extremely important for one simple reason: is that as children grow up, they they copy and imitate. They start copying and imitating from the moment you start blowing raspberries that been sticking out your tongue. This little grandy right. I've got, as I started making O sounds to him, he's yes. six weeks old, he started making, making little... O sounds. Yeah. That's right. You stick out your tongue and there's lots of tongue games you can play with, with very young children. But, but there was a but response, that is, that's what yes, I'm saying, to emulate what yeah. I was doing. So, so first of all, to answer your question succinctly, is that what, how important it is, it's number one, because the child is going to copy. Mm. So, um, monkey the, see, monkey do monkey is very, very Im- is, important. Is, but that is how we are created. Right. Um, th- this is how we learn skills. No matter what skills they are, if you go right back to cr- primitive, you know, uh, early man, um, you will see that you know boys learned from a young age to hunt, and women from a young age to to prepare and to nurture children and all this. Um, prepare food. But here we're in a different society, uh, and still the child is emulating. You just see by how they play is, and how they emulate, especially with second and third world children, how they copy an older sibling. Mm. They copy. So the first big reason brother, that why it's important is number one, they're going to copy. So therefore you want them to copy good the things. The right thing. Right. Mm. So if your child picks up a... Um, a biscuit and puts it in their mouth. You're not going to stop them because you you've, you know the biscuits are there, and the child's watched you put the biscuit in your mouth. But if you pick up a cigarette and put that in your mouth, and your child does the same, you react differently mm. because you are showing. And so, therefore, goes back to you know monkey see, monkey do. Stop. I don't want you to emulate yeah. this characteristic. Only those. How do you do that? And confusion. That of, yeah. And that comes to play, particularly when we have teenagers who push the boundaries and they are doing the very things that you've told them not to do, but you carrying on doing. Mm. And a simple, a simple thing is um, I have over my years of teaching and I've heard people say, um, you know, my child doesn't read and I know he should be reading more. Or she should be reading more then she'll do better at school which is definitely a proven point. Mm. Your child reads, your child does well at school. And then I go and I ask, how many how many times does your child see you um, read? Is there a book next to your bed? Is there um, um, Are there books in the lounge, on mm. the coffee table? Is there, are there books here, everywhere? Are there books in the loo? So you know, um, that show, that, that's the first point I wanted to make. To, what you're saying now. is so important. Uh, as I got older, I realized what my mom was reading, Mills and Boone love stories, mm. but always having books around. My dad reading, uh, my mom 
whenever she had a, a, an, a, an opportunity, she would do it. And mm. I would do the same thing. Mm, mm. Uh, and the, the secret of that, quite simply, it doesn't matter what it is. I've just chosen books. But it doesn't matter what it is that your child is copying. It, um, they see you getting pleasure out of it. And let's face it, the whole of life is in pursuit of pleasure or mm. in something that's comforting, something that's easy. It's an easy uh, gratification. So, the e- and let's take cell phones. Cell phone is the easiest self-gratification tool out there, you know, um, and people are addicted to it because that's what they want. But they get everything the served in one little device. And what do you see from little kids? As soon as they can, they pick up a block of wood, they pretend mm, they're on the, the cell phone. phone. That's right. okay. It's because oh. daddy is always on oh. the phone. So, um, uh, so the, the first reason for that need for, for super, that super hard is, is is the importance of it is it's, it's because they they learn to emulate it at a young age, and the other thing that um, as the child grows up they strive to f- to search for role models or someone maybe not a role model but they start searching for people who have a like minded interest as, as they have, so they are drawn to somebody who owns or is own something that they're interested in so if a little boy likes motorbikes he and he sees somebody driving a motorbike past and that past the house he'll go out see it and that person stops he will be in and talks to them he will listen to that person because of his fascination with what they have mm. now that's a very simple example but you progress that on to as um, older children, teenagers, young adults, even adults. And if your interest is guns or m- cars or a lifestyle or whatever it is, you will follow on Twitter or what Facebook or Instagram those people who've got the qualities that you like. Yeah, we do that as right. adults. We you do see, it as adults. And that's uh, you what, you, you uh, follow yeah. pages and that's other social media accounts that, it is. that have uh, similar yeah. interests. On Facebook, I follow um, Goodreads because that's what my interest is. And, so mm. and, and we do that naturally. That's how we made. So the idea of a superhero is, is not new. So if you go into what is a superhero, it is a role model, yes. And it's someone who's um, emulated either the person, their possession or their lifestyle is emulated. And they are usually the recipients of our praise and our admiration. Springbok rugby captain, cricket captain, uh, certain people, uh, local TV stars. Whatever. uh, Precisely what you're saying. Recipients of our praise and admiration. Mm, mm, uh, The whole thing of uh, fan clubs. Oh, yes, in the old days, remember, you, know, you joined a fan club. Absolutely. And you were lucky in, enough in, to get a letter with a… In radio, they'd yes. send those postcards back mm. with a note on the back. You could ask the presenter. And that that was the only way because media was so uh, decentralized and you didn't… That's it. You would, That's wa- it. You would want these postcards so mm. you could see who was speaking. Mm. Nowadays, you just pop and you check the Instagram account or the radio That's station's right. presenter. Yeah. Thing. But that is, as you say… Uh, creates that, yeah, uh, that point n- of uh, praise of, and yes. admiration and fandom. Yeah. So you go back into history, and you have a look at who were the who were the role models in history, and I'm thinking specifically of and really old old olden days, and one of the first um, um, role uh, superheroes was Beowulf, who was a um, is a literary. 
That was the first um, piece of literature written in Old English. And it goes back to, about, oh, stand to be corrected here, about the 800s. Mm. And it was all about this huge, big um, Viking sort of person and and all his exploits and, and, you know, his people bashing and country and so forth. And that was Beowulf. And then you go back on to Robin Hood and King Arthur. Now I, I grew right up in Robin those, Hood and Bows absolutely. and Arrows. So those, those uh, for centuries, these heroes uh, have inspired youth throughout the Western world, not only because, because of their courage, because of their gentleness and their goodness. They strove not only to make the world in a, a better place to live in, but also they were trying to make people better so in so doing. What you're saying, original superheroes were people who did good. And yes. people who wanted to help people, like the Robin Hoods yeah. and, and the, the King, Arthur King Arthur and the pursuit of the Holy Grail and his knights and how good and kind they Tarzan, were I mean, he was always that's rescuing a, a maiden. That's right. You know. uh, well, so, so did St. George. But um, I, um, it, they, they, they tried to make um, people good using their own examples, uh, their, their own behavior as an example. They tried to set an example. And I think... Many of our um, famous people who have huge followings, they they sometimes miss the point and they don't care if they make a bad example because they realize that's why they are adored by mm. many people. And the, I don't want the bad boy image, the bad, bad boy girl image, image, which nowadays the world is so screwed up with their morals and their values. Well, you have a, a sunglasses brand, bad boys and bad girls. I mean, yeah. you know, just the the concept that people are using you know the the how they perverted good things to bad and people still follow you're quite right and obviously technology has changed in and and it's affected uh, supermodels superheroes <laughs> and and role models um in in the way that um uh, we can bring it to the the person easier through screens all over the show, so it's easily available. And out there, we'll walk into into any any branded clothing store, and you'll see super superheroes merchandise. Mm. And also, it's it's really in your face, everywhere. You can't actually avoid it. I yeah. listened to a very very interesting. Uh, Podcast it was a, it was a podcast series. I know one of the uh, uh, it was it was the the sort of superhero books, uh, DC Comics versus mm. that. Then the other one was on toys, Mattel, and somebody Mattel. else. Mm. And along came Pixar as well, which yes. also had their own range. But the thing was that they developed these different superheroes, and then what the new, more modern generation was, they merchandised it. Mm. Now, where in the past you'd have superheroes on a movie screen. And superheroes maybe in a book or a comic, then it was taken into clothes and shoes That's and right. toys. That's a whole form of exploitation, precisely and, and consumerism. So right. that mm. uh, entrenched whatever they value, good or bad, mm. the superhero stood for. I, if I can also say at this point, now I'm going to go back in time to about to to uh, any of our readers that grew up in the 1980s and 19, early 1990s. And you will remember something called um, Master of the Universe. Oh, my word. Right, Thundercats and all those guys. Now, if you think of whatever we watched, we watched, okay? Um, those were cartoons. Mm. So your superhero was a cartoon, which is a little bit different to seeing an actor or an, a person. 
And now with, no, with computer graphics, they create almost yeah. lifelike uh that's so. So for uh, you know, you could switch the the Thundercats off or the Master of the Universe, and um, um, you know it's straight and it's it's a cartoon image. It's not like seeing a real person. Mm. So um, way back when, you know, sixty years ago, Clark Kent. Um, he was an unassuming news reporter and he ducked into a telephone booth and soared out into the world ready to face the forces of evil. And we, um, he, Superman was all rife with kids between five and 55. Mm. But you knew it was an impossibility, right, that somebody could fly around like that. And he didn't have a single weapon in his hands. So um, you were still rooted in reality, and you it. knew what non-reality yes, was. That's it. So that was fun, and you knew that he was out there. It it was um, good again, uh, good against evil. And then about um, that was about sixty years ago, I suppose. When when did Superman come out? Mm. And then um, Ninja Turtles about forty years ago, maybe even a bit less than that. They took the world by storm, and they were cute, and they faced evil with an assortment of weaponry. So all of a sudden, the superheroes, whereas Tarzan just had a, 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 a tree vine in his hand and his super muscles. And, and a knife. Uh, and a little knife, that's right. Not uh, to fight with. That's right. But along came Ninja Turtles with, and all of a sudden, you know, martial arts became the way. And nowadays, we don't even have to go down that way to see how martial arts have just taken the imagination of, of the world. So, whereas Ninja Turtles were cute as they looked, they, um, they were intended to the four to eight-year-old audience that they were created for. So, and then you move on to, you know, if you go right back to before there was a screen as such in, in our homes, mm. the only kind of screen there was was when you, went to the movies on a, on a Saturday afternoon along with mm. all the kids in the neighborhood. And then you would watch, as I say, Tarzan was one. And uh, what about, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Esther Williams. Now, Esther Williams was a swimming star. Yes. And um, she couldn't act. All she could do was swim. But she, was, she had a trim figure. My gosh, did that lady sell um, bathing costumes. <laughs> Boy, did she sell bathing. Everybody needed to look like her. And you think also of James Bond. He set new levels of imitation. That whole emulation yes. became... A, a form of idolatry. Right. That's right. So, um, if you look at um, today, you see you, you have your role models before movies. Okay. And most of them came from literature rather than the screen or movies. And then was after TV, was another whole spawning of a lot of heroes. And then along came the past 20, 15 to 20 years when we had all these electronic ones that you now stream. And now you actually wonder why these people um, such such superheroes and what is wrong with superheroes. And if you think of a couple of things that I've got this wrong, and I think you've mentioned one, and that is consumerism. Mm. Boy, it uh, by exploiting our society and telling them that this is how you need to look, there are clothing ranges, there are toothpastes, there are a mug with your favorite. Um, and let's think of the, the, the children's birthday party trade. It's always around right. a character. It's always. That's why. But uh, yeah. just go back to 
the days of when it was just movies. So you'd sit in a cinema, you'd see your superhero, and bang it was there. You might buy the comic. But post That's about the, it. There was yeah. nothing else available. You might buy bubblegum with the, the, the bubblegum wrapper with an image on. But as it's developed, that, that emphasis or that, uh, what's the word, entrenchment of that philosophy like you say, went into the shoes, the clothes, the toys. It's all money making, huh? Yes, That's all it is. Yes, money making, but the but the spirit behind it was to emphasize the value system hmm. of that superhero. That's exactly and it. often it was was a was a negative, as you yeah. have already stated. Hmm. So you know. Um, uh, you think also that um, there have been so much research on whether you watch what you watch on TV, like, for example, crime. Does that mm. turn you into a criminal? And I think what it does do, if, you, if, you, if you, a person watches a lot of horror and, and, um, or crime or blood and guts and whatever, it does desensitize that's them. That's the exact word I, I was thinking. That's the desensitize. I, I've yeah. seen the actual reality with mm. uh, kids um, playing these killing games on their computer to all hours where they, the, 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 the graphics are so realistic, realistic and the guns and shooting and pieces of the person fly off. <sighs> and that desensitization, we've seen it uh, in law enforcement agencies as it goes into, into gangster areas, how the kids are so desensitized that a 10-year-old can now become a hitman and will actually shoot mm. and kill because they can't be prosecuted under the law. Mm. So that desensitization starts back when I know the frog and the beaker is actually it's, it's a it's not an analogy it's never been it was someone picked it up but the idea of something gradually creeping up into you until it's too big to deal with because of the desensitization mm, mm, quite quite so so um and then you know we haven't we haven't even spoken about um peer pressure how um, it's exploiting peer pressure because your kid goes to school with the latest um, T-shirt Te- or whatever, or techies, and everybody else has got to have those. And you all, everybody knows that anything that is branded costs almost twice as much as the actual, you know, a plain one. I remember in the 60s having funny-looking soccer boots and other guys had the, the fancy Adidas or yes, whatever it was. Okay. Peer right. pressure. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you have um, Adidas because um, your, your sports star hero. hero has got that sponsorship, on, that branding on his, on his shirt. So, um, you know, it goes right back to, remember when we moved, went into movie houses, now really I'm talking to a certain seg- segment of our <laughs> listeners, one of the first ads that came up was the Rothmans of Pall Mall. And there were all these very glamorous people um, sitting on a yacht. Do you remember them? And they were all lighting up their cigarettes. And um, Mainstay was Mainstay a, a was another Spirits one. Yeah, set up that's it. Uh, Peter Stuyvesant travel the world. That's it. Nobody knows who Peter Stuyvesant really was, and he was an American folk hero. Had nothing to do, to do with, with that. cigarettes. <laughs> well, he had to do with tobacco, I believe. Yeah. But that's it. So, if we basically look at what is a superhero here, um, their common denominator is an ability to dominate, and we've been talking about that domination mm. over and over another. It's all to do with power and as you know we we must we mustn't go um without saying that that power can be a positive and it can be a negative we've been speaking about the negative Mm. things but you know it can be a a positive 
um, um, role model as well. Well, you take Khaleesi, mm. rugby captain. When exactly. he says something yeah. positive, the young kids say, I want to be like them. Let's do what yeah. he's doing. So mm. it does have an, a, a very strong yeah. positive role if it's used in that way. I teach a, um, a tutor, a little boy of 11, um, and um, his role model is is Sia and um, Khaleesi. And I happened to say to him the other day, um, have you met any famous people? So he said, yes, I've met the most famous of them all. So I said, really? He's an 11-year-old boy, soon to be 12. So I said, who's the most famous and the best? I said, before you tell me his name, I hope he is a good role model. You see, he is. He is especially good for kids in South Africa. So I said, who's that? And he said to me, it was Sia Khaleesi, and he had his photograph taken with him. And then he proceeded to show me it on, on his tablet. And I was so encouraged by this little boy who is at a, a, um, a private school because he is a really wonderful kid, this kid that I and, and, I, and I have worked with this book He's read this book, and I just think this is the power of a good role model. Positive a role positive model. positive role model, yeah. So this power that a person has, it could be many things. It could be like somebody's strength. You admire someone, Johnny Weissmiller, whatever, for his strength, or good looks. Um, and, um, and with those two, you know, as you were saying to me earlier before the program, you know, you look at a playground and we, all our little boys are dressed up in um, – in, in, with their role models, whatever it is, and they're out there and they're doing physical things. You, some of them fight, but they're all sort of taking over the world. And girls are sitting together and they're wearing their Barbie Barbie clothes. So uh, we hunkered on the Barbie line. Eating out of their Barbie us, lunch boxes. Or, or princess or whatever. So it's just so stereotype, the role models that we have for boys and girls. And if... Um, if one a little girl is tended tends to go towards the other one, she's almost shunned from the society. If she has a, a, a very masculine role model, it shouldn't be like that. So, um, and I think it's also based on on the t- testosterone. And boys are more active. They love mm. machines. So, so most little boys will like any role model. And I've got a little three-year-old grandson who's mad about Paw Patrol. And I must be very honest, I haven't watched much Paw Patrol in my in my life because my grandson's not here. But um, it's all about saving and rescuing and animals and this big truck that they have. And, and they're like fire engine, I think. So they're up rescuing. And the the... It's a positive thing for a child that young mm. because you're caring for somebody else, and you have to you you have to be brave. But not all the characters are brave, so mm. they've all got different personalities. So that if you ask the um, three-year-old which one is your favorite one, they'll they'll say Marshall or whatever because that's what that's what they like. That's that's those are the roles that. But that influence. I remember my kids when they were little, and Alice in Wonderland. It was one of the shows we forbade them to watch. Because mm-hmm. Alice was always so naughty and disobeying her parents, mm. and we picked that up in this in this particular series, and we said, "No, you know, look what mm. she's doing. She's always disobeying her parents in it." Mm. And and you know, that's a, an example of of something negative. You think, "Oh, how can mm. uh, Sleeping Beauty, or Alice in Wonderland, portray something?" But the way it's often portrayed, yes. I mean, oh. C.S. Lewis, for example, you're looking at uh, bigger mm. kids. Uh, wrote these books, but how movie producers and their secular understanding, understanding have have done right. it. Yeah. 
it, it diverges from what the actual uh, mm. original intention was. And so, so often we have these really great stories and storylines, but it has a bit of a perversion, mm. uh, moves off in the wrong direction. Mm. Correct. So, you know, sometimes that power shows mental abilities and there's a lot of very scary movies and role models out there that have mental abilities to do things or their control over others. And if and sometimes it, they are our superheroes because they have skills. Or, um, But often if we go back to what I was saying earlier about um, why do little girls go after this anorexic um, mm. teenager the, and namely Barbie and that lifestyle. And I and when all they really want to do is they want to play with something that's got long, long touchable hair and pretty and glam because they don't understand the teenage way of life. So there's a huge amount of sexual innuendo in what little girls dress up as a huge amount of coming too early in their lives as we've seen. Yeah, prancing around trying to be provocative and looking too adult yes, that's quite right you just have to walk down the the clothing aisles of of Woolworths or anywhere else and you'll see it so um and basically um you know we're going back far far um from from what the biblical idea of a role model should be and follow me as i follow christ paul it. says that's quite right. So um, I think in the heart of every child, there was a real superhero once, and this is supposed to be your daddy or your dad or your papa or your father. So as a growing child, I was lucky enough to have a dad that provided the power and the strength, and and um, I was lucky enough to, and blessed enough to have my father who... Um, um, supported my mom and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complimented my mom mm. in terms of of parents. So um, uh, uh, I I looked at the way my father walked and talked and other mannerisms. Now recently I watched a three year old accompany his father, who was inspecting these seed beds in the garden. And the father walked with long measured strides, like he was checking things out. And his and the father's hands were behind his back. And this little boy was doing exactly the same as his dad, right? And and as his dad squatted down to check up on, on, on a plant, so did so did this little boy. And his hands, you know, couldn't quite meet at the back, but that's what he did. So it's obviously who that super young boy's, that boy's superhero was. And I also have another very, very uh, interesting anecdote about at a local Sunday school here in Cape Town. Three uh, six-year-olds were unmoved while their teacher told them the story of Jesus walking on the water. And the one little boy said, you know, that's nothing. Okay, Jesus can only walk on water, but Batman can fly through the air and walk on water, and all the baddies just run away. So here is a society's need for a male role model. Yeah. Okay. So not just a not just a master of the universe, which is a um, um, master of the universe, which is a, a, a cartoon. Yeah. We have a master of the universe. And we need to teach that to our children from a young age. Yes, it's okay to to um, appreciate somebody for their skills and their strength and their their whatever else you are appreciating them for, as long as it's positive. You know, that's why we call our Maker Father God because we should look up to Him as the ultimate superhero. And um, Deuteronomy chapter seven and verse twenty six says, "Do not bring a detestable thing into your house." 
or you like it will be set apart for destruction. Utterly abhor and detest and detest it, for it is set apart for destruction. And I, I hope that listeners that we provided some food for thought and that should you feel that your child has an obsession with a superhero and a negative uh, an obsession that is perhaps um, destructive that you will be able to help that child to put matters into a healthy perspective and there's nothing wrong with having your child having a role model um, there are many many uh, success stories of children who've done really well in life because their dad and their their hero, their sports hero, even a TV hero, or anyone else is just a, a teacher, or someone has fed into their life and encouraged them to to um, to be motivated, self motivated, make plans for their dreams one day. And even if there isn't a father in the family, you know, moms should always think about there are many role models. I know there's organisations that are trying wow. to. Uh, help where the missing father is and they bring men from the mm. community and they partner them with uh, mm. especially young boys I'm talking about sp- specific things where there's gangsterism and the like and 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 they try give them that role model that is so so important, important because as yeah. you said the little boy following behind you know what it's like with uh, uh, the first swear word that comes out for child's mouth when the the mom and dad are shocked but they've seen that modeled so mm. they've copied yes, it, it and sometimes yeah, mm. sometimes they discuss it, sometimes, oh, they find it mm. cute because uh, it, and how then, it occurred. And, and they laugh, and that's what the child grows up um, responding to the response they get. Oh, I yes. get that response when I use that word, so they do it oh, more, yes. and then the parent doesn't know how to stop no, it. And again, right. that's, that's yeah. uh, mm. uh, the opposite of that, uh, uh, that fatherly role. Mm. Sure. Yeah, just just one last thing, and I cannot um, I stress the importance of maybe your child moving. If you have a problem in your home that there isn't a strong role model in your home, apart mm. from yourself as parent, then consider organisations like youth groups. And I'm thinking particularly at, at scouts, scouts and guides. And guides. And I don't even know if there's such a thing as guides anymore, <laughs> Wayne, but because they're, they're both genders now mm. and they are hands-on. And, I mean, the old-fashioned picture that we have of Boy Scouts running around doing good turns, that has changed. Mm. We, here where we live here in the Western Cape, we have sea scouts, we have all those kind of things. They work on water. They teach kids skills and they are male and female good role models that show that right. life can be fun. You don't have to sit in front of a screen. We've run out of time, but um, if people need to contact you, how can they contact yes. you? You, um, you, you've ha- you have a, a home shop and you do yes. offer an advice and that's, that's suggestions. Right. Uh, my shop, my shop um, that I used to have is, is called Hi-Ho Cheerio. We operated for many years. You'll find us on Google, Hi-Ho Cheerio. We're now based from our home in Lakeside. Cherry, again, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to what you have uh, the next time we chat. So from me, Wayne Turner, and uh, till next week when we have our finance update, it's goodbye and God bless.